Monsignor Hilary Franco is advisor at the Permanent Mission of the Holy See to the United Nations. He is author of Bishop Sheen, Mentor and Friend. He has a new book that chronicles some of the very important events in the church in the last 60 years and more, uh, to which he was uh, uh, an extraordinary witness. And he now tells many of those stories in Six Popes, a Son of the Church Remembers. That is our topic today. Welcome, Monsignor Franco. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you, Dr. Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, this is a vivid memoir of a life lived through the terms of six popes. It begins actually in the 1930s, going back farther, in New York City. And you reflect upon life in, in, that, in that place. What was the status of the church when you were growing up in, in that neighborhood? And you might, you might mention an interesting uh, uh, point that your father was told by a priest to go worship down in the basement, fella. Uh, so please tell us. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That uh, yeah. Well, that naturally my father told me. You know uh, the. Uh, but I was actually uh, in the uh, early twenties. You know because he had just arrived from uh, Italy. He was a. He had a degree in, in journalism, and uh, he wanted to start actually a paper for the immigrants. That's why he came. Uh, to the United States. What he, part of uh, Italy, just by... Uh, uh, he uh, originally uh, from Calabria, you know, that's, uh, you know, but his family was uh, like uh, well-to-do and doing kind of almost in the paese, it was, they were really, so much so that they still uh, have a, a uh, what they used to call a, uh, a special uh, uh, kind of chapel uh, in the cemetery, you know, which is made out of granite. So in those days, it was kind of, they were, but he decided, since he was a socialist at that time, he wanted to be interested as a young man after this First World War in uh, taking care of the people. And, and actually, I have to tell you that he instilled uh, this uh, uh, kind of a, uh, uh, very Im important trade of my life, you know, in me as, as I was going on, uh, growing up. And uh, then uh, uh, he came, uh, he didn't stop in New York, actually. He arrived in New York, but he went uh, to Clarksburg, West Virginia. Hmm. He knew that because he, they had told him there were so many immigrants, you know, the, the mining there and so on and so forth. So what happened was... Uh, uh, he told me, you know, and he said, uh, well, I, I, even though he was not a practicing, you know, but he, in his family, there were so many priests, you know, uh, two uncles who were priests, and, you know, eventually his brother would become priest to be ordained in 1929 here for, and work in the Archdiocese of New York, uh, Father Franco, that was my uncle. So, uh he really wanted to go to Mass on Sunday, and as usual, he used to dress up properly every time that he went to, to, to Mass. He arrived, and, uh, and, uh, and this priest uh, 
uh, the entrance of the church. He looked at us uh, like handsome uh, features, you know, kind of. And he said, well, uh, you uh, Italian. And my father said, yes, I am. And well, uh, then you have to go down the stairs. And my father said, you know, I'm Catholic. I want to go in. And, you know, just like my, you know, kind of, that's my Sunday, you know, uh, uh, worshiping. And he, uh, the priest, insisted. Uh, and uh, so my father left, actually, the church. Uh, he, he, because he did not, I, he told me, he said, he was a giant. So he said that, you know, it would have been enough, you know, for one of my fingers to move uh, uh, the priest, you know, aside and go in. But I decided not to, to disturb my people who were downstairs. And so uh, he, uh, he left and he never came back to church until the day of my ordination. Hmm. So this is why a hundred years from now, when the good Lord will call me, Mark, I'm, I'm going to look for that priest and tell him, I listen, you, you, have, uh, you have to really be uh, kind of a penitent for whatever, you know, uh, mortal sins uh, made my father for such a long time. Well, 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 so, 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 Monsignor, your father was your first, your first revert. Yes, in a way. Very good. In a Very way, good. you can say that. I I have to tell you, when uh, at the age of eighteen uh, I got this call, and uh, uh, he definitely he was not happy with my my uh, uh, like uh, deciding to become a priest eventually. My mom, she was a teacher who had been a teacher for forty one years. Eventually, in her life, you know. She was not really enthused, not another, you know, but I was uh, the firstborn, so they, they had, I guess, other plans. My, my father had other plans for me. But the good Lord, as you know, Mike, you know, he, we, uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess man proposes and God disposes. Am I right? We are in the hands of God. My mother's Irish family, you know, I mean, uh, uh, Irish Catholic, it, it was, it was uh, uh, the firstborn never becomes a priest. It's the second or third born son who becomes a priest. Come on. That is correct. That is correct. You know, I, this reminds me of uh, something else much, much later when I was getting my second degree in sociology. Uh, there was this, we had this great uh, uh, professor well, actually, the, the dean was uh, uh, Joseph Fitzpatrick, one of the, the greatest, uh, you know, sociologists at the time, together with Columbia University. Our uh, Fordham was, uh, you know, and I'll never forget this particular day. Our, one of our great teachers, uh, a wonderful lady, you know, doctor, whatever, and she came in and she said, now, today, I am going to discuss uh, a vanishing race talking about that time long time ago you know and we were wondering what kind of you know uh lectures she was going to tell you and she said well i'm talking about the irish race because you know it, it at that time those are the statistics at the time there were uh, she said 90 percent uh usually do not get married but the 10 percent have at least 10 children that's a, that's a beautiful way, you know, just 
as I recall these, uh, as you do know, in my long life, I have so many memories. You know, when you mention something, I always start talking about something else, most probably. But you're not interested in this. Oh, oh no, no, no. I, I keep going. I had to do it with, a, with a, <laughs> an Irishman <laughs> who belonged to the world. Yeah, yeah. well, half Irish, half, 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 uh, half German. That's me. But uh, how did you tell us? One of the extraordinary stories in the book is how this this kid ever came yeah. to be so important a part of Bishop Sheen's work and yeah. life. And a lot of people maybe don't realize uh, when, when you first encountered him just how extraordinarily famous and popular he really was. Yes, that that was really... Uh, uh, allow me to say that Mark is, was the providence of God. You know, I... Uh, I, I I feel that God had the, this this plan for me. I I definitely. I even though I, I was ordained uh, with a special uh, uh, dispensation at that time, you know, Cardinal Spellman had his own uh, way, and I was ordained very young when I was twenty two. You know, I was I dis- defended my first doctor dissertation when I was twenty three, and then I I, wow. I figured you know I wanted to be a priest to be with the people, as we were saying about my father. And I figured I would be in a parish, that's all. But while I was in that parish, 187th Street, you know, Lady of Marcama, uh, we were nine priests, by the way, you know. Can you imagine to take care of a population of over 60,000? They were coming to Our Lady of Marcama at that time. Uh, the pastor was uh, a, the first Italian American uh, bishop uh, in uh, in the United States, Bishop uh, Joseph Pernicone. So. I I arrived there and I tried, you know, to, to do my best. I was the kid, you know, the, the ninth, you know, kind of just arriving, you know, kind of. I, I remember that there was so much going on. You know, we had the uh, boy. I remember once, one Sunday, I think we had 24 baptisms. <laughs> Very good. Um, unbelievable. You know, it, it really was a lot. I enjoyed it. One day, since I had been so uh, taken by Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, even as a young man, I had seen him only uh, like from a distance at the canonization in 1954 because I was sent uh, to Rome, to the uh, University of Rome, you know, by uh, the cardinal. So uh, I saw him in 1954 for the canonization of St. Pius X. That was the famous bishop from a distance, such a great distance. So I was taken by his books, Communism and Conscience of the West, and all these kind. I had made notes, you know. So one day, in my naivete, I I, I called the office, 366 Fifth Avenue, you know, and I and I, I, I said, I'm a priest of the Diocese of New York, the Archdiocese of New York. I was wondering... I have some questions, you know, for the bishop. And and uh, and and the and and the office says, who who is this young upstart? Who is this whippersnapper? Right. Edith Bromnet, who was uh, number one secretary. Later on, I would have sixty-one secretaries to respond to ten thousand letters, you know, in that office. So later on, she told me. She said, I was in those days, you know, uh, the bishop was so popular that. Um, Head of states would, would you know, come and, and, and actually uh, all uh, 
ecclesiastics, you know, big, important people. And here was this uh, priest of the diocese, and she stopped, and she said, well, I have to ask the bishop, you know, and she comes back there for a few minutes, and she said, uh, how about tomorrow at 3 p.m.? Uh, I think it was normal. <laughs> it was not normal at all. So I arrived the following day. I got on that uh, L uh, in the Bronx. We used to call it the elevator trains. You know, we used to call it the L. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with the Bronx, you know, but, you know, I I arrived and I'm ushered in and, and, and the bishop gets up. And I was, that was one of my first shocks because, you know, he was, he was not as tall as you would, he would look on television, you know. He comes around and he says hello to me and he sits. And then I go on. My questions, oh, that had been given 15 minutes by Edith Brownett. Okay, so here I am, I'm trying, you know, whatever. And the bishop is looking at me with those piercing eyes. And he would respond probably with monosyllables to my, my questions, you know, kind of. So much so that at one point I said to myself, wait a minute, this is the famous Bishop Sheen, you know. And he would look at me like that. We went on. I didn't realize. You know, I didn't stop. You know, it was 43 minutes. <laughs> that was an incredible thing. And that was a, a first sign. And then uh, at the end, uh, he gets up and he takes uh, the latest book, The Life of Christ, and he writes, well, your name, your father, Hillary Franco, whatever, and then uh, as a tribute to a good and learned priest with fraternal esteem, uh, Fulton J. Sheen. Naturally, I still cherish, you know. Very nice. Book. You know, and, and, and then he says something incredible. He said, you know, how about tomorrow, 12.30 lunch with me at my residence? Uh, I said, Bishop, today was my, my day off. Uh, I, I have to ask my pastor, you know, for a, a, a permit and permission to, to, to come. And, uh, okay, so, well, 1230, 109 East 38th Street. Eventually, that would be my residence with him, but all, all those years that I lived with him. So, uh, uh, I, I go back and my pastor, Bishop, who was a holy man, and I, and I said to him, you know, Bishop, uh, 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 may I have, a, I have a, an invitation, you know, from Bishop Sheen, you know, tomorrow for lunch, uh, may I, well, he was mad as anything, Mark, he said, young man, sit down, you know, sat down, I said, never lie to your superiors. <laughs> I said, uh, uh, I mean, you you I mean, are lying, uh, Father. Yeah, a quick no, I, a quick examination conscious. I had not lied, and he said, "Well, I, here I am. I'm a bishop, a auxiliary bishop of New York. I I go to these kind of uh, uh, big dinners, and that's where I see the bishop. You were going to have." I said, "Listen, uh, you could have asked me to have lunch." to go out and have lunch. I said, okay. Again, my naivete. I said, how about Bishop? May I? Oh, right. But for a long time, he did not believe me, you know. But anyhow, to make a long story short, again, on that L and going down, uh, find a place, 109 East 38th Street, 38th and Park. By the way, that's where I 
after all these years. Uh, ten years ago, when I was named at the uh, permanent observer mission of the Holy, you know, I, I remember, you know, the, the then nuncio, you know, said Monsignor will take you to the to the residence because where they have the residence seven East Central Street, but that's you know at this far away. So we have another residence in 38th Street. So he, our office is 39th Street. So I we cross Park Avenue. I go into 38, and he said, you know, uh, I said, I said, I I know the street, I know the street. And he looked at me and said, Monsignor, you're from New York, you know all the streets. I said, yeah, I know, but I know the street. You see over there, it says one on I. That's where I lived a long time ago. You know, now I'm. It's one, two, three East Thirty Eighth Street. That's the, the uh, the other resonance. Let me put it this way, you know. And that was, I arrived at one hundred nine East Thirty Eighth Street. I mean, just you know, briefly, and uh, I, I, actually, Frederick, the Norwegian Lutheran cook who had left the service of Billy Rose to come and serve the bishop, came to open the door. Wow, you know. I didn't realize that eventually we would be only three people in the house, Bishop Sheen, myself, and uh, Frederick, you know, who was downstairs, you know, preparing for the... So he opens the door and he brings me down to the dining room, and who's there as a guest? So many of our guests would come later on. It was Salvador Dali and his wife. Right. So here I am, here I am, this kid, from the Bronx. Probably I said the 10 words during the whole lunch, this brilliant conversation, these three giants in front of me, you know, I didn't say anything. I, we finished, we went up, went to say hello to the good Lord and the beautiful chapel that we had. Uh, and uh, and then naturally the, the uh, Salvador Dali and his wife, uh, 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 you know, say, well, thank you, Bishop, for lunch, you know, and, and they, they they leave. And actually, I say, well, Bishop, thank you so much. You know, this is really a great honor. And, and he said, can you, can you stay with me for another 10 minutes? Mark, what would you say? You know, I said, I said, yes, actually. We sat down, and then he said, well, uh, the Holy Father, John XXIII, has named me a member of several commissions for the anti-preparatory commissions. Remember, when we say anti, we mean uh, before. before, right? The preparatory, as you do know, we have the anti-preparatory commissions, the, then the preparatory commission, and then the council on the 11th of, uh, of October 1962 when we opened, you know, but it was a lot, a lot of work before in 59. So, and he, he said, well, I would like to ask you, I would like to ask you, said, can you help me? Mike, you can imagine what I'm about there. Wow. I, I, I said yes. Yes. And that was the beginning. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the, the council, but let, let's just um, uh, step back a moment. The popes, we'll, we'll, we'll move to the popes. John the 23rd. Right. Attended the same seminary as you did, the Pontifical yes. Roman yes. Seminary. Yeah. Uh, when you first encountered him, he was still Archbishop and Nuncio to Paris, I believe. What was your impression? Yes. What was your impression of him at that time? Oh, I, I, I do have to. I, I, 
I was so, we were so taken actually, you know, I'll tell you why, because uh, uh, he loved to be, naturally, he was very devoted uh, to uh, Our Lady of Confidence, La Madonna della Fiducia, and that, that's when I, I got my, uh, that lady never left me, you know, from uh, the age of 18, and I hope she will continue to be with me until the good Lord calls me, you know, when I, I, uh, and, and uh, he was very devoted to the Blessed Mother. Every time we would be in Rome, we would stop, you know, to see us, and naturally he would be invited for dinner by the rector, who was very, you know, wonderful, you know, educator, but, but kind of very strict in the rules following. In those days, you know, seminaries were not like the seminaries of today, especially the Roman seminary. I remember, you know, when uh, at the beginning, when I was sent there, you know, and I had seen some pictures of the seminarians. I had a, Mark, I had a lot of hair more than you, you know, at, at that time, you know, beautiful, beautiful hair. And I see these, that they had to, cut their hairs, you know, almost nothing, you know, so I said, well, that was the Roman seminary at the time, it was quite very strict. So, at the end of the meal, uh, the, uh, the nuncio <laughs> would say, would say to the director, you know, I hope you don't mind, I, I'll stay with, you know, the seminarians, especially the theologians, so to speak, you know, and he would tell us all the stories, you know, and it, so, so many beautiful stories, you know, that I still remember and I cherish because he was really a holy man. He was a pastor. Let me, let me, let me tell you. He was really a man of the people. It, it's interesting that later on I read in uh, in his uh, famous, uh, uh, like uh, the, the the I would say the autobiography, that he said, you know, I hope that when the Lord calls me. Uh, he's not going to judge me on the fact that I love to be with the people because I would have no merit whatsoever, you know. And that's that's John the twenty third. He was a man of the people. He loved to be with the people. Mm-hmm. He was a, a truly a pastor. And and I I guess the revolution of the council came simply because he was so interested in helping the people of God. You know, naturally, but. There are so many other considerations. I'm sorry to interrupt you sometimes. I think people want to hear about these these sort of immediate experiences. May I, may, may I interrupt you to say, you know, that I love first things. May I say that? And I knew, knew how so I, I had great, great admiration for the man. That's it. Okay, now go ahead. <laughs> I, I think we will not edit that out of the interview. Right. Very good. Very good. <laughs> Just, you know, a quick uh, biographical point or maybe a theological point. You finished your university training and priestly formation at age 22, but you had right. to wait two years to be fully ordained. What was the rationale for the age 24 requirement? Oh, we, that we, we, see, that's one thing that I, I, I that was according to canon law. At that time, you had to be 24. But I have to ask. I have to add something very important. That in the decree, because only see if you were ready, let's say uh, twelve months, let's say at the age of twenty-three, then you had to go through the congregation at that time, right? Well, but if you went below 
and and you know in those days you couldn't say no to the cardinal when the cardinal would say that you're ready you know what i mean uh, and and uh, i i then you had to go you needed a papal dispensation it's interesting that in the decree uh, there was very clearly stated that I could not uh, hear confessions until I was 25. Hmm. That was really interesting. But then uh, it happened just the opposite because uh, I was ordained on the 9th of April and the 1st of uh, May there was uh, uh, there was a, a, uh, this call by the rector who solemnly told me, he said, well, tomorrow morning you will go 6.30, you take the trainino, and you go to uh, St. Leo the Great, the new, uh, uh, the new parish given to the, the, the Pope. And he said, well, uh, you will be at 6.30, and you will have the 11 and the 12.30 Masses. What would you say, Mark? I said, well, why do I have to get to the Trinino at 6.30 in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, kind of early, so early. And uh, he looked at me, and he said, well, you will have to hear confessions. I said, uh-oh, because, you know, I was really scared about confessions. And, uh, and uh, he looked at me and, and he, he said, well, uh, I, I think the rector of the Roman seminary, number one in the world, uh, has the faculty to dispense from this clause. Boy, I was really ashy, you know, becoming, and I was so worried. I said, I don't remember. How, how am I going to absolve? I don't know the formula, you know, of the... Uh, and he said, well, something is wrong with you if uh, you don't, cannot send to memory two kind of lines, whatever, you know, the, uh, tonight. That was it. I had to, I had, but only for men. They put me on a side altar in those days, and I listened. I, I heard the confessions of, uh, of men. Hmm. Hmm. Let's jump ahead. You were in Rome in October 1978. Uh, what did you think? What was your experience when you heard who was the new pope? Oh, my. Well, uh, we have to go back. We have to go back to the beginning of the council. I, uh, I, I was uh, a paritus for the American bishops, you know, especially for Bishop Sheen. So I, I kind of, you know, we had a lot of, lot of work at the council, by the way. You know, you have no idea because uh, I... I I guess we have uh, we have the, the truth, you know, will uh, set us free. Am I right? You know, but most of the American bishops did not really know Latin. The only thing they would butcher the the Latin of the mass, you know, kind of whatever. You know? <laughs> so we we had a, a lot of work to do. So at, at the beginning of the council, you know, we I, I had welcomed you know people you know come because I would help also in the general secretariat. Why? Because Archbishop Felici, later on Cardinal Felici, who was the general secretary, he would ask me to help. He had been my spiritual director at the seminary when we was Monsignor hmm. Felici, you know, wonderful man, exceptional man, an exceptional Latinist also, you know. But what, what happened was that, uh, you know, we, uh, we met all the... And this, I see this new... Uh, the new auxiliary bishop of Krakow, you know, struck this kind of friendship, you know, kind of, uh, well, why? Because in those days, 
help was needed because there were so many seminarians that, that wanted to enter the seminary, but they had no seminaries after the, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the communist uh, takeover, you know, mm. in Poland. So they needed some help. And, and actually, Bishop Sheen was always so generous in so many different ways. That's all so, so what happened was that I, 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 we were, became very good friends, and we continue to be friends. Here I am. In the, as you, as you were saying before, you know, in the square, <laughs> that was the 16th of October, 1978, and, and there I am with some, because I hear there is a Fumata Bianca, you know, the... Uh, white smoke. The, and I, I said, the white smoke? So I was in the car, I remember going to Villa Street, where I lived for 26 years, the uh, the, the residence of the American, the American uh, uh, people who, I mean, Prelates who would work in the Vatican. So I, I turned the car, I'll never forget, and I went straight to, and then all of a sudden, you know, here is Cardinal Felici now up there announcing, Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum, Abemus Papem, Eminentissimum et Reverendissimum Carolum. When he said Carolum, I said, well, the only uh, Italian in those days, Italian cardinal by the name of Charles, was Confalonieri, who was eight, five years old. I said, that could have been, you know, this is really. And then he adds, beautifully, he had prepared himself. He said, Woi Tiwa. Oh, my. That was really incredible. But, you know, just to give you how, uh, I think a couple of months passed, you know, and uh, the secretary uh, call me and he said, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the Pope is coming to your office. And, and I said, you better remind him that now he's Pope. And, and, and the Jewish said, you know, because he's Pope, you cannot tell him anything anymore. He's coming. <laughs> and so all the photographs, I have so many beautiful photographs because the photographers were following where the Pope was going, you know, but anyhow, just to give you a, my, what, what happened then in 1978 to respond to your, your quest. Yeah. Well, a couple years later, you, in May 1981, you're sitting in your office, and you hear a couple pop, pop. What was that? Eh, that was, uh, it was a horrible experience, uh, Mark. Uh, I'll tell you, I, that was 5.20 p.m. on that 13th of May. 1981, and uh, I, I mean, it was so hot in Rome, even though in May at that time. So I had, my office was facing uh, the uh, square of the Basilica, right there, you know, and that, and that was a huge, we call it Il Piano Nobile, our, our, our floor was called Il Piano Nobile. So, uh, and I, and the, the, uh, uh, the, the big window was so open, but I was accustomed because uh, we had the, the audience and the people were chatting, you know, kind of singing, you know, whatever, you know. The, then all of a sudden, everything stopped, kind of hush, hush, oh my. And I, and that was uh, the moment when, uh, you know, that was really an incredible moment in my life. And I went down, I ran out, ran out, you know, just uh, to see what was going on, you know. But uh, 
that was something that I shall never forget. You know, and it's interesting that you, we, I had uh, later on, we had uh, with uh, 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 Mr. Kalb from uh, NBC at that time, or ABC, uh, they, we had uh, a, uh, the six minutes, you know, uh, we prepared the six minutes uh, uh, with him, you know, the following year in order to, uh, to, to present the book, The Man Who Shot the Pope. And, uh, 60, 60 minutes. 60 minutes, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so I still have uh, the original, you know, how, with me. How quickly did, you, did people realize he's not going to die? Huh. There is something in incredible that many people have not said. I, I don't know. I believe in miracles. You know, uh, <laughs> 15 years ago, uh, actually on the, on the 21st of, uh, of, uh, 21st of October, just passed, I celebrated 15 years of, uh, when uh, the doctors had told me that I had three months to live. Hmm. So I believe in miracles. And that I, I, I always felt that this man was a holy man, even though before he became Pope, he was a normal guy. We played together. We did all kinds of things together, you know. And I, I felt that, uh, you know, the people were like me, were hoping for a miracle. And uh, I, for some reason did not really uh, struck me the fact that eventually he would, uh, you know, he would die. No, no. I said, that it can't be. You know, he has so much to do, and eventually he has, well, I had already been very close to him, you know, and some of the projects that he had in mind, and and I knew that uh, the, the good Lord and the Blessed Mother would have taken care of it. It's interesting how no one is pointing out, was pointing, not, not until, I guess, I don't know, if someone ever mentioned the fact that someone had put Our Lady of Chestokova, a beautiful image of Our Lady of Chestokova, on the chair where the Pope would sit when he would give the homily uh, at, the, uh, at the audience. That was really an incredible thing. And, and, so I, I feel that the Blessed Mother was with him. You know, that was the 13th of May. You and I know, Mark, that the 13th of May has to do with Our Lady of Fatima. So all these things are really uh, important, you know, to remember. But I, I felt, uh, you can imagine, not only the whole world, you know, but that I personally felt, uh, you know, a friend especially, being a friend. There's much more in the book. Uh, encounters with Mother <laughs> Teresa, uh, with Pope Benedict, but for now, the book is Six Popes, a Son of the Church Remembers. Monsignor Hilary Franco, thank you for joining us. It has been, uh, by the way, number one on the Amazon list of no releases. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. We will... Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Th thank you, Monsignor. God bless you. God love you. Thank you.